Hey, 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 I'm back for another episode of Christian Mom Uncensored. This week, I'm going to be talking about important conversations to have with your kids and setting the right example for them. The reason why I thought about this topic is I'm currently watching season four of 13 Reasons Why, and if you have not heard of or watched the show, it has a lot of really important topics. Um, and it's, uh, it talks about real things kids go through. I've had experiences. So I'm going to share a little bit about my experiences and a little bit about the important conversations I intend to have with both my daughter and my son as they get older and how I'm trying my best to be a good example for them now. Let's get to it. So when I found out I was having a daughter, I really started to reflect on my life and the challenges and struggles I faced and what I didn't want my child to face. And if she was going to go walk through certain things, I want, I want her to be equipped for it and to be ready for it. And that's why having important conversations or uncomfortable conversations with your kids is important. I My child's only two, so I can say that I'm not walking the walk because the conversations I'm having with my almost two-year-old are like, please finish eating your peas or like whatever. <clears throat> but as she gets older, we will have conversations. Um, to piggyback off of last episode when I talked about race and how kids can see color, it was really cute, really innocent, nothing like upsetting or anything. I was FaceTiming with my family and my grandmother asked Mia, what color is mommy's shirt? And Mia like touched my arm and said brown. So like kids can see color. She's, she knows I'm a brown person. Um, she doesn't know the implications of that, but just a random side note that I thought was really cute. And I wish I recorded it because it's just, it was like so cute to like hear her little voice um, say like, oh, brown. And it, was, it was just adorable. But anyway, <clears throat> I think the earlier we start being aware of the conversations we're going to have, the longer we have to prepare for those conversations. And also, as we reflect on our own lives, it gives us the chance to think about, well, what what information do I want to give my kids? What information should I not give my kids? Um, but the reality is in the world of social media and in the world we live in today, kids are exposed to so much more than we ever were. And it's super important to have conversations, even if it's uncomfortable. My goal with my kids, even when they don't want to talk to me, even as they get older and like don't want to be my friend, is to have these check-ins and to have these like, little family meetings where they have a chance to pick the topic. Like every single one of us, right now we're a family of four and let's say we stay a family of four. One week I'm going to pick the topic. The next week Mia will pick the topic. Then her dad, then her brother. Like, So we can, can cover serious areas and if our kids want to ask questions, they can. My kids will never be condemned for being curious, for... Um, wanting to know what something is for needing information or for having friends that are walking through things. Your kids are not their friends. And I'm going to say this because I walked through experiences that my friends didn't walk through and vice versa. I knew people 
who got pregnant in high school. I knew people who were doing drugs in high school. They weren't like my intimate friends. But just because I know somebody is shooting up, you know, in the bathroom doesn't mean that I'm going to. But just knowing how dangerous and scary it is and how to be a support if they need me, I think is important. So let me get into a little bit about my experience. I will um, say trigger warnings if there are any and a little bit about what I want my kids to know and the conversations I want to have. So I had a pretty, I had a pretty great upbringing. I don't know why, but I've always been somebody who has been around a diverse group of friends. I said that in the race episode as well. Um, and growing up, I did fine. I went to predominantly white school, predominantly black school, kind of fit in wherever, and everything's good and great. But I don't remember having any like real hard conversations with my parents. And that's like no, no like shame or anything. I just don't remember talking about, you know, the big topics aside from having the sex talk at some point. I don't remember when I had the sex talk, but whatever. When I got to middle school, things were really different for me. I was somebody who had so like gone to different schools and I'm comfortable being the new kid. I actually got really comfortable being the new kid to the point where as an adult, if I don't like something, I want to move and have a new identity and be able to be whoever I wanted to be. And that's what I liked about going to new schools was, well, last year I was this, this year I can be that. Um, in the eighth grade, I started getting bullied with my best friend and I can think of certain reasons why, but in the end, I don't think it matters. All I know is that day in and day out, kids would make fun of us on the bus. Kids would say really mean things to us on the bus. Things would throw trash at us on the bus. And in, and this was uh, us going into the eighth grade and us going from a private school where we had like a little group of friends to, to me and her going to a public school together and having each other. Um, and when we got bullied, it didn't affect my self-esteem for a long, for like months until it started to. I was somebody who talked to the weird kid in class. I was somebody who tried not to make fun of other people. I was like, if you watch 13 Reasons Why, I was like Clay, except like sometimes I was quiet, but then sometimes I had something to say and um, going from being the person who fit in with everyone was usually on the popular side and this is like middle school so like who even cares Um, to going to being bullied that's when a lot of things um, then the way I looked at myself changed and when I think about the things that I saw in middle school I saw a girl that was pregnant. She bullied me. I let the pregnant chick bully me. I saw, I knew kids who had gone to like juvie. I mean, they were in my class. I I didn't have like, I had like a couple friends. So like all these kids I knew weren't that close to me. I saw like bullying day in and day out. I saw people dating in like, in the eighth grade, that's when like dating became a thing for real. I had had little boyfriends in the sixth and like seventh grade, but 
in the eighth grade, I was like, oh, these people are like making out. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh. Um, as someone who was innocent for a really long time, I was just kind of like blown. And um, yeah, so to be bullied, I definitely started looking at myself differently. And then I started watching this show called Degrassi. Now, if you ever watched Degrassi, I watched Degrassi Next Generation. There was a, a version of the show before then and a version of the show after then. So you might fall into a weird category or maybe you've never seen the show. But it basically follows a bunch of high schoolers and they walk through problems you could face in high school. And it's real. It's dramatic. They deal with... Um, really serious topics. So here's where I'm going to put my trigger warning. I'm now going to discuss a little bit about mental health in serious topics, specifically self-harm and eating disorders. If you have a history with either of these, you might want to hold off and speak with, if you have a like a, a mentor or a psychiatrist or psychologist or like a pastor and you want to have conversations about self-harm and eating disorders with your kids, maybe speak with somebody in a safe space about it because I'm going to speak about my experience with these things now and I don't want it to trigger anyone. So going forward about the show Degrassi and that I'm talking about the show because it relates back to my, to my experience. So in this show, a lot like 13 Reasons Why, but without the warnings, it dealt with teen pregnancy, it dealt with cutting, it dealt with eating disorders, it dealt with suicide, it dealt with like serious topics, and you just kind of watched it played out on TV. And even though I don't think this show tried to glorify any of those harmful things, it affected me as somebody who had been bullied and was in a fragile state. So I watched this show and watched um, specifically a girl on the show who was like beautiful, perfect. And you know, you're not supposed to compare yourself to like actors and things, but I did. I'm human. And she, she had an eating disorder and it kind of triggered something in me. And I started mimicking her behaviors and basically had a full-on eating disorder myself. And because I walked through that that trauma of hating my body and getting on the scale constantly and counting calories and doing like all of this really unhealthy, healthy things, it made me terrified when I had a daughter that she was going to enter a world where comparison to other women is inevitable. I cannot control it. Even if you compare yourself to other women and you're fine, like on some level, that scared me. So, um, and then in college, I did have, I, what I did experience cutting and, um, I realized that with both of my disorders, they were about control. When I was, I was getting bullied, I couldn't control, you know, who was doing what to me or what they were saying, but I can control my eating disorder. And with cutting a lot, college was hard. It was crazy. It was, it was um, just a different experience where my best friend had left the school. I wasn't rooming with all of my friends. I was rooming with one friend. I wasn't cheering anymore. And that's when 
self-harm kind of became an issue for me. So when I think about those issues, and then on top of that, talking about um, sexuality, talking about rape, talking about consent, talking about it's okay to have a hard time and need help. Those are conversations I intend to have with my kids because I battled a lot of my problems on my own and it affected the people around me. It affected my best friend. So in having tough conversations with your kids, think outside of the box. Don't just think I have to have the sex talk with my kids and pray that my son doesn't get anyone pregnant and my daughter doesn't get pregnant. Well, yes, ideally, because of the way the world works, your life will be easier if you do not have a child super young. However, so I understand that. And I definitely do not want my kids to have kids while they're babies because I think I'm really thankful that I have Mia and her baby brother, but I'm also really thankful for the the age and the time that I have them. I'm still young. I'm 27, but I've done a lot in my life. I went to college. I got to go through like my partying stage. Not that I was ever a hardcore partier, but you know, I got to go to happy hour. I got to hang out on Friday nights with friends and not worry about it. I got to go out to bars and clubs and things like that. So, you know, I got to kind of be a baby and be a young adult before becoming a parent. And I think that if you don't get that experience, you might have a harder time adjusting to parenthood and then also like wonder like well I wish I could do this but I can't and all of that stuff so anyway um I intend to have serious conversations with my kids about race about inclusion about being non-judgmental about I want my kids to be exposed to a variety of people. I don't want them to see primarily black people, primarily, primarily white people. I want them to to know people from all walks of life. And I think that's why I'm such an inclusive person I am now. I've dated people from all different types of backgrounds. I've been friends with people from all different types of backgrounds. So I'm like super non-judgmental. Um, when you're my friend, obviously friends have opinions about friends and I will be like, I don't think that's the best thing for you to do. Or I think this guy isn't great. Like that's normal. But in terms of like who you are as a person and how you identify yourself and like what, like what's important to you, I'm really non-judgmental about that. So conversations need to be had. Important conversations need to be had specifically about things kids can run into problems with. My friend is having a hard time at home. Also, you need to teach your kids the proper words for their sex parts, their, you know, penis and vagina. And the reason why is to protect them. And you need to tell them nobody, especially once they're potty trained and got it, nobody needs to go to the bathroom with you. Nobody needs to wipe you. No one should ever touch you there except for if you're at the doctor's and mommy and daddy say it's okay and things like that because the world is scary and I'm aware of how scary it can be and I want my child to always tell me when something doesn't feel good or doesn't feel wrong and I want my children to be like my mom's not going to yell at me for it 
And I think the biggest thing and the hardest thing, and I'm not ready to have this topic of discussion, maybe I'll have someone on the podcast is because my kids do. And I have a, like a baby in my belly. Like my kids aren't of the age where I'm worried about those things. We're worried about playtime, ABCs, and like thinking about preschool and one day we'll think about sports but right now we're just hanging out but because I've walked through an eating disorder I know I need to have a conversation about body image I know from the beginning I need to tackle body image and here's what I'm gonna say specifically about having a daughter and I'm not sure about having a son yet but I have some words about that your kids are watching you Your children are watching you. I don't mean to say that to scare you. You are allowed to have a breakdown. You are allowed to cry. But your daughter is watching the way you look at yourself in the mirror, the way you talk about yourself in clothes. And most likely, she will pick up what you do. So if you say, "Mm, I don't love this outfit on me, but that's fine. That's a good way to say it. If you say, oh my gosh, I'm so fat, I can't wear this, that's a little negative. And I think being aware of that, specifically with girls, is important. With boys, they're watching how their fathers treat their mother and their sister and their siblings. If your kids do not have a father figure or if you're dating, make sure that this person is treating you right and treating your family right. Because unfortunately... You can look at patterns of your life, of your family life, and if you see patterns, it's because everyone is in this raised environment. So when it comes to behavior from children, all behavior is learned. Some things are random. I will say that. Like tantrums, I do not lay on the floor and scream. However, when it is late, Or if I'm going to bed and I'm like laying in the bed and I forgot to grab my phone or I forgot to get some water, I'll call my husband. I'll yell, babe, and he'll be like, yeah, what do you need? I'll be like, can you bring me some water? I forgot to get some before bed or whatever the case is. Mia, and this is just an example, whenever me and Mia get in bed to like watch a little show or whatever before she goes to sleep fully, if she wants a bottle... She'll yell, babe, because she knows that, like, once we're in bed, if I yell, babe, dad will come and bring me whatever I asked for. So that's why I say behavior is learned. Watch yourself. And I can see it with my two-year-old. She knows that, that if I'm yelling, babe, she also knows, like, one time, anytime I cry, she calls for she calls for um her dad anytime I'm like ouch it hurts like my back hurts or something because you know being pregnant you have pains so like if my back is hurting and I'm like oh my gosh I don't want to pick up this two-year-old I'll be like ow 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 babe can you grab Mia can you grab Mia so that I don't have to pick her up so now anytime I'm like ow she goes oh no daddy and she like tries to get her dad so it's really cute really sweet as soon as I go into labor Mia's really empathetic. Um, if I'm crying, she'll be she'll tell me to shh, and um, she gives lots of hugs. So my thing is that when I go into labor, she has to get out the house because she's not going to be able to handle seeing me in actual pain. But I say all of this and I give you this random story to say that behavior is learned, and 
If you think you're tricking your kids by going into the bathroom and doing whatever unhealthy behavior or you think it's not too bad, I'm like just criticizing myself, your kids are watching you do that. And when I had a daughter, that's when it put pressure on me to rethink about my whole entire life and specifically having a daughter. And I'm going to share this with you. When I got pregnant with Mia, I wanted a baby boy because I wanted since you can ask my husband, since college, I wanted to be a mom of boys. The reason being is boys have their own struggles in the world, but as women, we walk through so much more and it's so much harder. And being a woman myself, I was like, I don't want my daughter to ever look at herself and not like what she sees. I don't want my daughter. I didn't want any of that. So I didn't want to have a girl. However, God gave me a girl. And I think it was so I could look at myself and I could look at the world and I could look at my life differently. He gave me Mia and I love her so much. She's my best friend, wedding trader for the world. But she made me really look and think about, one, what do I want my life to look like? Do I want her to watch me sit at a job I hate and just just for the money? Or do I want her to watch me take a step out and deal with the consequences, but be strong enough to pursue what I want to do. Um, Do I want her to see that if you work hard, good things happen, that if you stay true to faith, good things happen. So I started really thinking about my life and specifically also about the bad things that happened in my life. I had an eating disorder. Okay. How do you make sure that You can't stop your kid from walking through something, but how do I prepare her for body image? How do I prepare her for dating? How do I prepare her? So anyway, and now I have a son. So now it's like, well, I'm going to have to talk to my son about consent. I want him to always treat every woman with respect. Um, Luckily, he has a really great dad. And watching him, I think, is... uh, My son is blessed to have so many good men in his life. And if for whatever the circumstances are, you have a baby boy and he doesn't have a male person to look up to, find someone to have in your life that's a good influence. But there's some affidavits. I wouldn't say like leave your kid alone with this random man. But like if you have a pastor, have him over for dinner. Have your kid be involved with the church if you like... I saw something interesting on the internet this week and it was talking about toxic masculinity. And it says like when your son grows up and goes to school and only sees female teachers and is raised by his grandmother and his mom who was teaching him how to be a man. And I will say that I know men who were raised mostly by women and are great men. But there's just some little things that that guys can teach guys, just like girls can teach girls. And I think having that role model and that person to look look up to is important. And it's important that your kids have that person. And it's important that you have one-on-one time with your kids, even if it's realistically once a month, because you're busy and life is real. The other thing I want to say is I'm very aware of the fact that I'm an emotional person. Honestly, my parents allowed me to be an emotional person my whole life. I got teased for being a crybaby, and now I celebrate being a crybaby. 
I'm very empathetic, like highly intuitive, highly empathetic. It's part of my identity. So I think it's important for Mia to see that it's okay to cry. It's okay to have a hard day and to be frustrated because I... When I cry, I cry a lot out of frustration. Like, that's my emotion. I get mad too, but like, I cry out of anger. I cry, that's the way I express like negative feelings. And I think it's fine for our kids to see things. I think it's fine for our kids to see that I thought one thing, her dad thought another thing, but we came to a conclusion and it's fine because that's real life. If you want to present to your kids like the cookie cutter perfect life and they never saw you cry they never saw you eat a cookie they never saw you get annoyed with your husband well that's not life life is on rough days I cry sometimes I want to eat cookies and me and my husband don't always agree so I say all this now, I'm not talking about having full-on, like, fist fights with your husband. That's another issue you might want to address in marriage counseling or something. Not really my business. But when it comes to my kids, I want to live an authentic life. And I want them to see my authentic life. And I want them to be able to ask questions. Obviously, as parents, there's some things your kids don't need to know. But it's okay for your kids to see real emotions. So... Another important part of being a parent and being aware is being aware of what your kid is consuming. 13 Reasons Why will give you a warning before you watch this show. However, if you were like me, I would ignore that warning and I, I would watch it anyway. I do know a few people who have said, I'm nervous. I have struggled with things in the past, so I'm not sure I want to watch this show. And I'm like, okay, well, I've watched it. I know what's in it. I do or do not think it's good for you. As parents, as annoying as it is to like watch what your kids are watching, because like I do not want to watch Coco Melon all the time, but Mia wants to watch Coco Melon all the time. It's good to see what they're consuming. Oh, one of the reasons I really like Thirteen Reasons Why is it reminds me of Degrassi. However, it has a trigger warning. It has a conversation after the show. Um, if you Google discussion, it has dialogues that you can have with your kids. I like this show because it's not fake. I mean, it is fake. It's super, it's highly dramatized um, compared to real life, especially as the seasons go on. But if you're looking at the first season and second season, and even the third season had some really good points in it. I don't, I'm only on season three, season, I'm only on season four, but I'm on episode three. I'm on season three of episode four. So I don't know what season four has to offer. But knowing what your kids are consuming is going to help you. Um, and paying attention to their behavior. We get so busy with our schedules. On Tuesday, Amy has basketball practice. On Wednesday, we have a doctor's appointment. I have a meeting at 9.30. Great. And you get used to like becoming a, run, a well-oiled machine where lunches are packed. We're dressed. We're out the door. We're going. But are we stopping and looking and seeing what our kids are going through? Are they more withdrawn? Are they? Um, and there's some natural withdrawn. Like kids sometimes withdraw when they become teenagers and go through puberty. But I'm saying just pay attention, I know it's an obvious statement, to your children and even as kids. The other thing is having conversations about honesty. And I think the best way to do it is to not overreact when your kid is honest. 
like if they lied to you and tell you and tell you that mom I lied I'm sorry and if you do overreact to come back later and apologize for overreacting and have a conversation with your kid um So I I think that having like the conversation about consent, about rape, about body positivity, about drugs, about alcohol, about depression, about mental health, all of these conversations are going to to happen in my home. The other thing I really want to implement, again, she's two, but I've already done this before, is we are human as parents. It's okay for us to mess up. It's going to happen. But when we mess up to acknowledge it and like apologize for it, I think is a good example. <sighs> like if you thought your kid cheated on a test and they didn't, apologize for not believing. You know what I mean? Like you just have to own up to whatever mistakes you make in parenting. And I've done that before where I'm like, Mia, why did you spill this? And then Ethan's like, no, I spilled it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Mia. Like you didn't do it. And I feel like it's important for that. So, on all of this, it's important to have the uncomfortable conversations with your kids. I do think if you continue to foster a relationship and have these little check-ins from an early age, the uncomfortable conversations will be easier even if they are uncomfortable. My kids are going to know if they go to a party and they are drinking or a friend is drinking or they're scared that they can call me and I'm not going to lose my mind over it because I want them to know that I am their safe place. I am their 911 until I say, okay, hang up and call 911. I'm on my way. That's a possibility. Hopefully that's never something I have to say, but I want to have this open door policy. And I think sometimes as parents, we can be really strict and I don't want to judge anyone's parenting style, but if you are an over-controlling mom. If you are overbearing, if you are super strict because you're like, if I have all these rules, my kids won't break them. You can ask my mom because she ended up being the wild child. And you can ask me who has seen the wild children but was a good kid because my parents weren't crazy strict. Really good kid. Like for me, honestly, I did what all kids do, but I'm a really good kid. If you are so on top of your child, they're going to rebel. And when they get a little ounce of freedom, it's going to be taken too far. So remember your kids are human. We're trying to shape them into good people, into functioning members of society. But we want them to be safe and we want them to be mentally and physically healthy. So having important conversations with them is necessary, even if it's uncomfortable. I want my kids to come up to me and ask me whatever they need to. And if I don't have the answer, I'll probably try and come up with something, which I shouldn't do. I'm just being honest. And if I can't, I'll say, you know what? I don't know, but why don't we look for the answer together? Or let me talk to your dad. He might know. Or we'll have a conversation about how you're feeling. And then I'm going to do some research and come back to you tomorrow. That's fine too. It's fine to table some topics. But always be there. Always hug your kids. Always tell them you love them. 
They're only little ones. And once they're big, it gets a little bit scary. And I can't speak from personal experience. I haven't been there. But I can speak as somebody who once was a, a kid and grew up. So that's what I have to say. Come at everything with love as much as possible. And when you don't, admit it. Yeah. So I say all this to say conversations with your kids are important. Um, Check-ins with your kid are important. It's good to schedule them. So it's not like, and even if it is, they're having a hard day. You can check in with them. Um, Kids are human too. Kids get burnt out. Um, I appreciate my mom because she has appreciated, she has said in my lifetime, if I've been like really overwhelmed, really stressed, and I need a mental health day, she has said, take a mental health day. And I appreciate that my mom gave me that permission to do so. And it's something I'll implement with my kids. Like we are going, our society and our lifestyle is go, 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 go. And it's good like for production, but also we're humans. We need to rest. That's why on the seventh day, God rested. He went, 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 went six days a week and acknowledged, okay, I need to rest. The world needs to rest. And I think that's, that's a different kind of topic, but it's important to note that even God rested. So make sure you rest and your kids rest and it's okay to just take a break. Okay. So that's all I have for today. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, message me, DM me. I love chatting with listeners and anybody about your experiences with high school, college, important conversations you want to have with your kids that I think it's great to share conversations you want to have with your kids because there might be things I haven't talked about that I would be like, hmm, I would love to talk to my kids about that or I wouldn't love to, but I think it's important. You can find me at Brittany Jane Stewart. Um, it'll be my Instagram and everything is linked below and yeah, have a great day. Have a great week. Take care of yourself. Get some fresh air. And that's been my viewpoint on important conversations. Thanks. I love you all. Bye-bye.